0: Hey Zesties, it's Mel. And Joycey.
1: But you knew that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Again. <laughs> um, so hopefully last week you listened to the first part of our Sydney live show. If not, what are you doing? Go back
1: now. Go back now because some of this one won't make sense. Yeah. If you don't listen to part one. This is part two of our Sydney Live show. Enjoy. Bye. <laughs> So without further ado, I'm going to welcome them back out again. Uh, It's the two girls, you know them. Really, that was a lot more graceful. Okay.
0: <laughs> it's harder for me.
1: <laughs> so I've got a bit of a pickle here because I don't have a fan hand because I've got a I'm notes a hand and a microphone hand. Oh. So Mel's going to fan me when I request I it. I feel like some kind of Roman... Why Emperor. do I feel like
0: I always had these as a kid? Like why did we always have these fans as kids? I didn't. Does anyone else... <laughs> Yeah, why? I probably needed one, to be honest. Is this too much fanning?
1: No, it's nice.
0: Do you want to tell everyone how you stole that guy's fan from work? What guy's fan that, from work? That
1: nice man that gave you his he fan. He gave it to me. I didn't, steal <laughs> I didn't walk up to his desk and he take did. it. He, I was it. really desperate one day and I said, does anyone have one of those little desk fans with like a USB attachment? And then Brad, this nice guy at work, came along and he gave me – no, he lent me his because his wife – just had a baby so he understands he needs really understood of a pregnant woman and then on the monday he messaged me and said look i was at cole's and i bought a new one you can have mine so there was he no was really involved. nice i'm yeah he that. was just very nice he's not here i don't know why we're shouting out, <laughs> why we talking about this he guy doesn't not to even the podcast nope. he probably doesn't know our names <laughs>
0: no, i don't think he does know my
1: name <laughs> <laughs> we're just those girls as henno would say yeah
0: um but is this enough fanning or am I doing too really much? It's really nice. Okay, good.
1: Are you going to get bored of doing that? Look, the whole I've been time. going to the
0: gym, so I'm I'm into the gym now. I think that I'm a serious boxer, so this well, arm, it does hurt, but it also <laughs> <laughs> it, it's also hurting less than if I didn't go to the gym. Okay. So. Well, you could stop and I could just prompt you if you like, how's that? That's Maybe when
1: you see it dripping down my face, yeah. that's I'll when you go. I'll just give myself a little fan. Yeah. I'll just like yeah. jealously watch you fan yourself <laughs> while I do the hard work. So continuing all of the mystery construction hour, <laughs> I'm here to tell you about Juanita Nielsen. Juanita. I just like to say her name, Juanita. I, I want don't... some. Oh, what a babe. There she is.
0: Oh, my God. She's such a vibe.
1: Yeah. know hey, don't go any further, though, because you'll spoil things. Th- there she is. I didn't prompt that. I was going to prompt that later. <sighs> anyway. <laughs> um, so, I used to work with someone with this name, but she went by Janita, which was really oh. boring to me because I yeah. couldn't be like Juanita every time I saw her. Yeah, you that's honestly probably why she goes by Janita, so I'm that so people so don't so. do that annoyingly every time they walk past her in the kitchen. So, credits. Uh SMH article by Helen Pitt. A Daily Telegraph article by Neil Keane. I feel like we use a lot of Neil Keane. We do. A lot. I hope you love us, (laughs) I hope he doesn't hate us. Um, A Green Left Weekly article by John Rainford. And facts only, Wikipedia.
0: Wikipedia. Never (laughs) fails.
1: Mostly Wikipedia, to be honest. Okay, so... I don't want to do what I did last live show, which was like tell you the fucking life story, backstory of where these people grew up and blah, blah. But I have to because Juanita Nielsen was born in Bloody Newey, wasn't she? Oh, no way. Yes. Oh, my God. That's I didn't amazing. know this until I started researching. She was born in New Lambton, where I went to school. Wow. So clearly we have a deep connection, even though that was in 1937. <laughs> you know, we have, yeah, we've got a vibe. Um, so, her parents split up and then she ended up going to live with her grandma on the north shore of Sydney. Oh, it's all coming together, yeah. isn't it? We she did not She gave up this. the uh, the working class Newcastle vibes for the north shore. For the north shore. How now, brown cow? And she got a bit fancy. She oh. went to Ravenswood. Oh, I know mm-hmm. what Ravenswood is. Yeah. That's the fancy school and for the Pimble fancy girls. And Ladies
0: College. Oh, the
1: other fancy school for the yeah, fancy girl. Yeah, so she was very
0: fancy. Do we have any Pimble or Ravenswood... Nope. Yeah, we had yes. one. Yes, you like literally one person.
1: You also have a deep connection to a 1937 <laughs> yeah. person. So, you know when you go into the city and the courthouse is there? Yeah. And it's that beautiful old building mm-hmm. and it says Mark Foy's on it?
0: Oh my God, I love that building. Yeah, so that
1: used to be a department store. Yes. Called Mark Foy's. Yeah. Shocking, right? Shocking. Who knew? Gosh. Pretty sure it even says department store on it. Yeah, but it does. also... And now people get, like, sentenced to life in prison in That's there. That's really is weird. <laughs> weird. But um, so on her dad's side, she was an heiress to the Mark Foy's department store fortune. Whoa. Because her dad was the nephew of Mark Foy. How many times can I say Mark Foy? <laughs> I don't Foy? know, but I'm enjoying it. Mark Foy It's hour. a good name. It's a strong name. I promise I might say it twice again, yeah. but I'm done for now. So there's a book about Winita written by Peter Rees and it's got this quote that I just had to include because it made me laugh. So one of her cousins saw her at a Sydney wedding and recalled this story. During the evening, this gorgeous creature who looked like a French model and sounded like Tallulah Bankhead came up to me and said, Darling, could you get me a whiskey, please? The head waiter told me she couldn't have one. I asked why. He said, she's only 12. What the fuck? (laughs) Winita, like... What a fucking boss!
0: Amazing.
1: Like whiskey when you're 12. Uh,
0: <laughs> I, like I don't even think when I first started drinking, I was like, "Can no. I please have a like a like a fire engine with alcohol in it?"
1: <laughs> yeah, like a vodka and coke, which is such yes. a cursed no. combination. Who cursed does that? Cursed combo. No offence no. if that's like your poison. But I mean,
0: like, it's, it's fine. I
1: think the first alcoholic drink I had in Newcastle was a Jim Beam and Sprite.
0: No! What the
1: <laughs> fuck is that? I vomited that night, guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah, <laughs> That's like a fancy cocktail in Newcastle. So, Winita actually worked at that department store in the 50s mm-hmm. from when she was about 16. And then she travelled abroad in her early 20s. In 1962, she was 25 and she married a Danish merchant seaman, as you do, named Jorgen Fritz Nielsen.
0: Jorgen. And they were in
1: Japan. So, it was all very exotic. Oh, she's very travelled. She's a worldly woman. Yes, she's worldly. But, of course, they broke up. I just Uh – I saw that coming. As soon as I read that sentence, I was like (laughs) – this is not like a long term no, situation. This is like that
0: that fling that you have yeah. with the fancy cool guy. Oh, and he's, like, a oh he's a merchant seaman. Merchant seaman. Oh, we're going to go to like Japan. And like just caught up in the moment. Yeah, and then yeah, and then then you realize you're like he's
1: really boring. He's a merchant and he's seaman. Such a wanker. And his name is Uorgan. Mm, yeah. Like, mm. And we're in Japan. No, Japan's cool. <laughs> Japan's <laughs> cool. Japan is cool. Japan's great. The other stuff maybe he not. He was probably
0: just really fucking wanky. That's yes. all.
1: What is a merchant seam? I don't. Now's don't not the time. No, it's care. not the time. Um, so they broke up okay. and in 1965. She came back to Australia and went back to working at the department store. So my dad actually told me this story, which is funny because he told me the last live show story as well. Yeah. <laughs> but as I said then, he gives me these ideas, but then he doesn't bother coming <laughs> to the live show, and he doesn't like. I tell him all this exciting stuff. Like the other day, I was like, "We've got a million listens," and he was like. Like, he doesn't know what it means. He has no <laughs> idea. He's like, um, what on? <laughs> so, he doesn't come here. But he gives me the ideas. But Winita's dad, similarly generous, bought her a local community newspaper. Oh.
0: Yeah. Okay. So hey, my dad, dad, can you <laughs> buy me a local yeah. community newspaper, wherever you are, Like in there?
1: Dad doesn't even jump in the car from Newcastle, come to the live show. Yeah. But Mr. Wenito is buying... The rudeness. ...a fucking newspaper. I don't know if I'd want a newspaper in this economy. Yeah. But, you know... The thought might be nice. The (laughs) Wentworth Courier. The thought might be nice. Um, There's another pick, Heno, if if you go forward... There she is with oh her my stack God. of papers.
0: She's everything I want to be in this world. Look at those papers. She's just rubbing that it's in like my face. That's, that's Look at my you, dad got yeah, me. And it's like, do you know how I show that I work at a local newspaper? I carry a giant fucking I carry them stack of everywhere. them everywhere for no reason. She's got strong arms. She, she does. She's got boxes on. And arms. she was
1: really known for that hairdo, which she proudly I like sported. It. I love it. Um, where am I? <laughs> um, so he also bought her a house. In Kings Whoa, Cross. Fuck
0: off! This is such an eastern
1: suburb yeah. story. I'm
0: sorry. I mean,
1: I can't be too mad because my dad just helped me buy a house, but not in <laughs> Kings Cross. Like it's yeah. in Tasmania. That's not as cool. <laughs> um, and then she started the she started the paper as a hobby, but then she became very passionate journalists, which we can relate to. Yeah, except Absolutely. that I
0: don't have a personally bought newspaper no. and myself. We
1: write mostly about Keanu Reeves. Yeah, and, and like. That's not what she was doing. I don't even know what I write about anymore. Who knows? (laughs) You're just like, "Hmm, a thought is in my head. I'm going to write it. (laughs) Chicken crimpies, (laughs) yeah. So, she became a bit of an activist who was committed to preserving the neighbourhood where she lived. So, the house she lived was at 202 Victoria Street. It's now Heritage Listed. Heno, if you go forward, there it is. Little Terrace. It's still there today. It's really cute, isn't it? Cute. What a lovely little decor on the front. A little like what under do the I windows. Like poo and oh, Why am yes. I putting on the voice
0: as I say it? A nice. What throng. a lovely decor on the front. <laughs> oh.
1: yeah, it's nice. <laughs> a nice gesture from her dad there. It, yeah, love. Thanks, dad. Thanks, dad. So I googled it. Apparently, it sold for eight hundred and sixty thousand dollars in two thousand and thirteen. I think that's a good that's deal. A fucking bargain yeah. for a house. Yeah. Shit. Um, if you go for it again, henno. There it is now. Oh, for fuck's sake. I don't think Winita would, would have had that extremely $129 like I mean, wardrobe. If
0: you sleep on that other side of the bed, yeah. you're fucked. <laughs> that Look, looks like every single guy's room. Like they always shove yeah. their bed up against the wall and yeah. you're like, thank you. And they're like, how am I going to wee 50 yeah. times in the night? You have to like
1: pole vault over, over them. How am I going to wash my feet? Pole over them. And they're all like, "Mom, I don't have a wardrobe. And she gives them $129 <laughs> to get the Annie Boda from Ikea. <laughs> We've all got that wardrobe. Why? We all had it at one everywhere? point. <laughs> I don't think Winita would have had that no, just quietly. She would um, Look, it's not my taste, but if my dad bought it for me, I wouldn't say no. I like the brick. Dad, if you're listening. He's not listening. He doesn't even know what this <laughs> is. Don't. He doesn't Sorry. know what a podcast is. <laughs> so, around the time Winita was running the paper was the 70s and it was a time of major development in Sydney. So it was when all these rich people were buying up like poor people's property and putting mm. fancy houses there. Ugh. Yes. So like now? Now. <laughs> <laughs> so it happened in Miller's Point, you know, down near yeah. the rocks. Yes. I mean they still have mm. signs on the houses yes, down there. Yes, they're still mm. trying to do that. So there was this one businessman, his name was Frank Themen. And he had grand plans for Victoria Point. Okay, we hate him. We hate him. He's bad. He was, like, really rich. He was an old-timey PIMP. Oh. Oh, He walked around saying, I don't know what you've heard about me, <laughs> but you shan't get a shilling out of me. <laughs> um, oh, according, it's so good. According and, uh, to you said you'd do it and you did I it. I did it. According to Wikipedia, he made his fortune in lingerie and so I'm guessing they mean in the industry and not, like, physically just... <laughs> <laughs> hello. Wearing lingerie. That's a vibe, Although though. it's quite... Here he is. If you go forward, Heno. Where is Frank? There he yes. is. I think he should. Yeah. Under Have. that suit is, like, a, a
0: bustier. A bustier. Yeah. And a, a cheeky cut, high cut. Yes, a high cut thong. French no. knickers. No, no, I don't want to think this? about
1: him in a thong, but now I am. And he's a
0: bad man as well. And look at You can tell he's he got looks an so evil nice. plot. No, he no. looks so nice. Look at his
1: creepy face. It's a bit creepy. He's not showing any teeth. No, it's I'm like, just... <laughs> he's like, that came just after an evil laugh. And look, all these plans. Yeah, and That's all people's houses. that he's, he's like, like I knock I them down. <laughs> Fucking get rid of them. <laughs> Mow them down. <laughs> That's Frank. So he was buying up all these old terraces in Kings Cross, Potts Point, Woolloomooloo. They're all the same place. If you're in Texas, yep. they're all the same place. Yeah. Geographical Josie time. It just really is. It's an area like, in Sydney. I don't that care. Bit. Um, so there were all these beautiful old 19th century terraces and his big plan was to evict everyone and then put up high-rise complexes and it was going to be like multi-million dollar shit, right? Boomer. He's a boomer. <laughs> So, Juanita, being a local resident, was very opposed to this idea. And she used the newspaper now as the voice of the people. So, it became like anti-Frank theme and weekly. Love that. (laughs) Love that. Go, Juanita. In the newspaper and with her fellow locals, she campaigned against the development. Her partner at the time, David Farrell, who she'd be with for seven years, said this in a Daily Telly article: "She was not a greenie or a political activist in the sense that we know them now. She was actually a bit of a loner. She was just doing her thing and doing it for herself and the people on her street. Oh. Bless her. I mean, this that's is David, less if you cool, go, but also still cool. If you go there, he is. David,
0: what is that hair, David?" Oh, know. honey. Mm-mm. Like, I think when you have fine hair, you no. just need to keep it short. Just
1: shave your hair, David.
0: <laughs> He'd look so much better with a nice, like, crisp haircut, don't you think?
1: Yeah, but he's sad for a reason, which he we'll get He looks a little to. bit like Colin <laughs> I feel Firth bad. if
0: you squint. Like, if no. I'm squinting, I'm getting Colin Firth and maybe, I don't know. Hey, Jeff-,
1: Jeff Jeffrey oh. Dharma. <laughs> Okay, now we made it Can weird. Can I just say, he's not the villain in this story, guys. <laughs> Let's not be mean to David here. Sorry, David. Can
0: you fan me again? Yeah. It's giving so you, like, nice. the real, like, Fabio um,
1: hair move as well. Beyonce fan. I'm Beyonce fan. Um, so, thanks to Winita and the other locals being so vocal, they successfully lobbied the Builders' Labourers Foundation, which was a trade union for, I'm guessing, builders and labourers. I really... I thought hard for a while there. <laughs> got to that conclusion they imposed a green ban on the victoria street site in 1972 so that means all the tradies were just like tools down, we're not doing anything we are striking yeah. and stopped enacting frank's evil plan fuck
0: yeah yeah
1: so a bunch of residents also barricaded themselves into their houses so some of them were only renting they weren't they didn't yeah. own, but they were just like, fuck off, you're not getting I rid of me. I love that. Barricaded themselves in and refused to leave, which made demolishing them pretty difficult. Yes. Um, but it was big business, so things started to get a bit spicy. And when I say spicy, I mean deeply criminal. <laughs> um there were some really fucked up things that happened actually. I don't know why I'm joking. So, Eda became a little fearful, and people began to suspect that Frank might have some underworld connections. Oh, what a fucking surprise. Mm-hmm. He doesn't smile with tea. See, teeth. I told you he wasn't nice. <laughs> and David is not the villain here. Yeah, poor David. He just has bad hair. That's a creepy photo. I'm sorry, no, but that's a
0: creepy fucking it photo. It is creepy.
1: Um, so, in April 1973, another local activist and leader of the Residence Action Group, his name was Arthur King, he was kidnapped by two or three men. He, he never was, like, clear about this because he was yeah. scared. So, he was chucked in the boot of a car and driven down to a motel on the south coast. Okay. Which I was just there. It's a very nice place, but... <laughs> if you're going to get kidnapped. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I wasn't, like, thrown into a car and, like, held hostage there. So, I'm sure it was, like, less pleasant for poor Arthur. <laughs> And I probably don't think he went to Mollymook either. No. It's probably just some roadside situation. <laughs> I'm thinking it's situation. like
0: right in the middle of Kayama, not in the fun yeah, bit. Yeah, no. You know?
1: He's not like browsing the local homewares boutiques. No. Like, oh, maybe <laughs> I need a $50 candle. Where I don't should know. we go for brunch this morning? I did that. I did that a lot. <laughs> um, anyway, the thugs that kidnapped him told him the only way they'd let him go was if he stopped protesting and also moved out of Victoria Street. So, okay. they had some demands. He says they warned him not to go to the police because they had police connections. Oh, and would find out. That's not good. Not great. Thank you. <laughs> In another incident the same month, April 1973, this salt of the earth character, Mick Fowler, right? He was a merchant seaman. <laughs> <laughs> what? He was. <laughs> he actually was. I only just made that connection. This is merchant seaman hour. <laughs> so, he came home from being at sea and... Found that his terrace had been like taken over by these thugs. All of his stuff what? was gone, and he was stopped from entering by three guards that were hired by Frank Themen, oh. the evil man that doesn't smile with his teeth. Here's Mick. If we go, Hanno,
0: there oh, he is. What a
1: vibe! What a vibe! Bit of an Ivan Milat, but nice.
0: Yeah, but like the if Ivan Milat wasn't a fuckwit.
1: Yeah, if like, he was like a greenie. Yeah.
0: Like, I he picked him. backpackers
1: up for, like, nice reasons. <laughs> like, I'll help you. I'll take you where you want to go. <laughs> um, what am I talking about? Oh, yeah. So, Mick rallied 50 unionists, residents and his merchant seamen friends to help him take back possession of the place and they ended up taking, taking it back and turfing the security guards out yes. on the street. Yes. Go, Mick. Go, Mick. We love Mick, and then a lot of people started doing that. Then, so people ended up they would get kicked out, and then they'd just squat in other people's houses. So that they were like evicting someone here, and then six people would pop up here, and they were just like, "Mm, "Fucking asshole residents!" (laughs) um, And leave. (laughs) In um, according to the Green Left article in 1974, thirty of Frank Thiemann's henchmen attacked the houses. They were using crowbars and sledgehammers to gain access and they were also helped by 250 police officers.
0: What the fuck? Mm. But, like, they don't actually have the legal right to do this, right? Like... It's I don't not know. happening
1: yet. Well, I think they bought some of the houses, and then the renters wouldn't leave. Oh. so technically they but did. But also not. Morally. But also it's mean. But don't also stop it. it.
0: <laughs> but also fuck you because you're yeah. assholes. So
1: um,
0: the law doesn't count
1: now. <sighs> no, it doesn't
0: because we're just, we're just starting Frank's like some sort of like, we don't like coup, <laughs> <laughs> Sydney. Well, that's what the these law guys doesn't did. count,
1: guys. Do whatever you want. <laughs> the squatters barricaded themselves in, and some of them even were up on the roofs protesting. The siege ended up lasting for two days. (laughs) whoa but then 53 of them got arrested oh that's that's less sorry i really like hyped you up then and then i was like then they were all thrown in jail yeah so this is not funny i couldn't find a date for this particular incident but another local resident an indigenous woman named esther blask house was killed after a deliberate arson attack on her home what the fuck yeah fucking frank i tell you not a nice guy the worst guy. So, his gang of thugs was led by a bloke named Fred Cray. Do you recognise that name? Why do I rec- recognise that? He's from one of your mysteries. Oh. So Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he, according to Wikipedia, was an ex-cop who was sacked amidst allegations of organising bank robberies and he was suspected of murdering whistleblower and sex worker Shirley Briffman and no. other Sydney crime figures. And he was implicated in the death of Donald McKay. Donald McKay. Yes. Which is a season two episode by Mel. Great episode. Great episode. So he's like suspected. Great Great episode. I did a great job. (laughs) It is though. It's a great episode. So he was one of the suspects. Oh, what a fuck. Mm -hmm. I hate that guy. Not a good dude. Henno, we have a photo of him. Look at him. You suck. You look like a demon. this police uniform on. Shame on you. What's that on his eye? Oh Dude, I you've got a fly on your eye, like blink. <laughs> what kind of demon doesn't blink? <laughs> we hate him. So that's Fred. Um so apparently at the time the King's Cross police just let him do his thing. Like they yeah. let him just run rampant. Is that like that
0: period where everyone was just in, yes. like
1: corrupt. Corrupt dickhead. Um very like underbelly fizzies. Fizzy's Revenge. <laughs> Fizzy's,
0: Fizzy's Revenge, Uprising. the show that should get yes, made. But we don't
1: actually know what it's about. Or what era it's set in. No like, idea. we always say it for like different stories. Yeah, 1910, Fizzy's Revenge. 1935, yeah. Fizzy's Revenge. This is 1974. <laughs> Fuck it, it's Fizzy's Revenge, guys. Fizzy is
0: still avenging He's ageless. something.
1: He's yeah. always avenging. So, where am I now? Oh, in 1974, the green ban was lifted. Oh, no. I've written here boring political reasons I don't understand. Yeah. Because I knew Heno would just come for me because I'd get it wrong. And he'd be like, actually... That's not right. I don't this care, is the Heno. historical background of that. <laughs> Imaginary Hano. He actually did that to us before
0: about what's his face? Oh, the yeah. The Groot, Groot guy. And, and John then Lang. We, were all, we were just sort of like, know, we're like having rest time right yeah, now. Yeah,
1: I'm like relaxing my like, feet. I don't want to hear the history. Don't tell me that John Lang wasn't hot. <laughs> <laughs> he really wasn't. He actually looked like, what did he say? Mario. Mario. <laughs> Super Mario. Yeah. So, that ruined that fantasy. It was interesting information that I
0: just didn't need at that point in time. But, you know.
1: We appreciate your we, intelligence. We appreciate Hano. it. Yeah. Um, but, when Nita managed to get the waterboard union to impo- impose their own oh, green ban.
0: Fuck yes, when Nita. To hold the development
1: again. Oh, my God. She now must have been so annoying to them. She's so annoying. But we love her. Yeah. But they didn't. Which is the key to this story. So, in 1975, it was estimated that Frank Thiemann had spent $6 million, which according to Wikipedia, is $37 million in today's money. Shit. Purchasing all this property and then he just couldn't do anything. Oh, my God. I love it. He was it. hemorrhaging money. His loan, the interest on the loans were cost, it was costing $3,000 a day. So, Frank Thiemann was not happy. He was smiling with no, no teeth. He not was, one tooth was, was seen. He was firmly smiling. He was like... He was like
0: <laughs> you know when you're like, I'm, I'm gonna burst a blood yes. vessel with my yeah. fake
1: smiling right yeah. now. You're just like, <laughs> like shaking. That was him. Um, so he was really pissed off, and it was all because of Juanita and these other residents who were not backing down. Mm-hmm. So there's all the background. I know you guys are falling asleep, but like no. modern history I'm hour. No,
0: I'm deeply into it.
1: Um, but here's the zesty mystery that you crave. Here it is. <laughs> so on the fourth of July, yeah. 1975, Juanita had a business meeting, apparently to discuss advertising in her paper. So the meeting was at the Carousel Club, which is a venue in King's Cross. It was a drag club. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a vibe, but it was owned by fucking Abe Saffron. <gasps> I know who that is. He's not a good person no. at all. He's, He's in another of one of the stories. Yes. He basically set the fire at Luna Park. Did Probably, he? Maybe. It doesn't matter. He's dead. Know. I can all defame the, him. Or
0: Maloc did it. We don't know. That's a demon. Could have been a demon. If you haven't listened, you him. should
1: listen. But he was really bad. He, like, yeah. ran King's Cross. He was not a good guy. Underbelly, fizzy all over.
0: Fizzies involved. There was yeah. water. He's just... All of them. Razor, underbelly. Razor, was there.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Um, <laughs>
0: so he's... Who's that Melbourne one? Um, that guy. Carlton. No. What? The one that lived in Carlton. Never mind. I'm so sorry. Keep going. I was just... I was off on an underbelly aside and it wasn't necessary. Was it the
1: first underbelly?
0: You know that guy? Carl Williams, not Carlton. R- Carlton. <laughs> Carlton from Williams. Carlton. the third. Carl Williams from Carlton. Anyway. Yes. Oh, all of those guys. Yes. He had a tennis court. That's all I remember. Anyway, keep going.
1: Um, oh, Heno, I, I have a pic of Abe. <laughs> Abe?
0: Damn. I'm sorry. Abe's, Abe can get it. Look at that judgmental so, guy in the background. This photo in general. I, don't I don't <laughs> know. <laughs> the guy in the back is just he's like, like, hell. He's like, I wish I was not here.
1: That's like,
0: a, like, that's a profile pic on Facebook. That's like a profile a pic for LinkedIn. Yeah. That's going... LinkedIn, if you're a fucking criminal, is this not your
1: LinkedIn yeah. profile? Oh. Hey... Um, We're smiling with this horrible criminal Like (laughs) this guy Austin Abe (laughs) Love Abe There were so many like photos of him as like a bloated old man That I couldn't resist No that The spicy leg Once he was a spicy whippersnapper He was With a judgmental friend With an evil soul Um So this place, the Carousel Club, was managed by Jim Anderson, who was an even worse person. Oh, no. He'd killed another underworld figure named Danny the Glove Smith. The Glove. The Glove. (laughs) Amazing nickname. So it was like a pretty sus establishment. I don't want to victim blame here. Yeah. But I would not be putting on my best beehive wig, taking Mm. my stack of papers and trotting down the street. To meet at Abe Saffron's I club. wouldn't either. It's just not what I'd be doing. It's probably – you, um, could, when you I have been, a warning light. Yeah, emerge. and when I've been pissing off a well-connected developer for yeah. three years, Seems I wouldn't like be not doing that. a great that. decision. But that's what Juanita did. And it was surprising because she'd been in – like they'd been trying to meet with her for a while. So, she'd been invited to a media night there a few weeks before and she didn't go because she was sus on it. Mm-hmm. And then she was invited to a meeting by the Carousel's PR man a few days later, and she didn't go. And then Edward Trigg, who was an employee at the club, he was kind of like the guy that just did all the shit kicking stuff. Yeah. For Jim Anderson. Yeah. Um, he and another guy went to her house, but she made her boyfriend answer the door, and oh. so then they just and they were like, scared for his hair. They, they were like, scared. Ah! Yeah, they were like, he <laughs> looks like Jeffrey Dahmer. He's gonna eat us quick, say something about advertising. And they're like, can we advertise in the paper? And then the guy was like, no. And then they left. Nothing sus happened. No. And then on the 3rd of July, 1975, the carousel's receptionist, Loretta Crawford, phoned Juanita to set up this meeting for the next day. And that's the one that she surprisingly decided to go to. So she'd agreed to keep David across all her movements because all of this shady shit was happening. And at 10.30... She called him to say she was running late for that meeting. Yeah. That was the last time he ever heard from Juanita. Her handbag was found eight days later on the side of the F4 freeway in Penrith, but no other trace of Juanita Nielsen has ever been found. And no one at the Carousel Club, funnily enough, was forthcoming with any information at the time, with Edward Trigg and Loretta Crawford both saying that she'd left alone and the cops didn't really seem to push the issue. Mm wonder, wonder why. why all 250 of them just like oh maybe we should displace some more residents i don't know oh,
0: how can well, you let's be concentrate that on that instead. yeah um so it wasn't until
1: 1977 two years later that any major developments happened so edward trigg and two other carousel employees were arrested in connection with her disappearance hannah i've got a picture there she is
0: I just wanted to I'm show her I'm not again. 100% on board with the hair anymore.
1: But I know. And it was a wig.
0: I know. And like, I love everything else about yeah. her vibe. I mean, I guess it's very bold and uh, it's very, um, yeah. you know, it's very serious. It was a wig. Hair. So
1: underneath, I feel like she was bald. <laughs> Possibly. I don't know. But anyway, Edward talked, admitting that when he visited her house a couple of weeks beforehand with the bartender, they had intended to kidnap her and maybe scare her a little, in inverted commas, kind of like maybe like Arthur, take her to the south coast, Yeah, you know, don't speak, move out of your house vibes. Um, but police found no evidence that linked him to actually murdering her so he was only charged with conspiring to kidnap her and served just three years in jail while the other guy, I couldn't find a name, other guy. that <laughs> guy. He served two years and then there was another guy but he was acquitted. According to the Daily te- – this is where it gets very sus. Mm-hmm. So, a- according to the Daily Telly article, Jim Anderson had received a $25,000 payment – so he owned the club – Yeah, from – Frank Thiemann, mm. six weeks before this meeting with Juanita, allegedly to open a new nightclub. What a coincidence. Mm. That's definitely not money to kidnap and murder yes. someone. Um, and then after Juanita's disappearance, Frank Thiemann's Victoria Street development went ahead and he started mm. making hate all guy. of that money. We hate Frank so much. So it certainly seems, I can say this because they're all dead, that Frank, Abe, and Jim Anderson were all involved in this plot to get rid of Juanita. There's yeah. even rumors, and you'll love this, mm. as a pylon enthusiast, <laughs> that. As <a> pylon enthusiast! <laughs> and more specifically, a pylon death enthusiast, <laughs> oh my god. that she's buried in the pylons of the actual apartments that she was. I was gonna say the high testing. <laughs> oh my against. god, that is some mm. evil shit. If you go to the next pick, yeah, there's Edward Trigg. <laughs> We don't like you. We hate you. You've got a weak chin. (laughs)
0: Doesn't he? He does. He's trying to cover it with his beard, but it's not really working. He's
1: trying, like, with his bum fluff. He's really trying. It's not working. No. Um, So, both receptionist Loretta Crawford and Edward Trigg's girlfriend Marilyn King made various claims to journalists over the years... But not police. So they just tell journalists these like wild claims about what happened that day. But they didn't actually go to the police. So Loretta said that she never saw Winita come out of the room, even though she said she saw her leave by herself. Right. And so she, she was alive, but now now she's saying she never saw her come yeah. out. Then she's then later she said that Winita left with Trig. She later changed that to say she'd gone to the basement and seen Juanita dead on the floor.
0: Whoa. With an
1: unknown man, unknown man, standing over her holding a gun.
0: What? And that's just like she just told the paper <sighs> that? Yes. And so then it's like
1: what? she'd say it in like 1985. Then like a few years later she changed it again. Like she was talking till the early 2000s about this. Um, oh, Marilyn King told a journalist in the 2000s that Edward Trigg had come home. So she was his girlfriend. Yeah. That he'd come home with blood on his clothes and hands that day and also that he'd made a mysterious car trip a few days after the meeting, perhaps to dump those belongings in Penrith because they were found like eight days later. Oh, that's right. Yeah. But none of these accounts were ever substantiated or investigated. Again, I wonder oh. why. And because surely there the
0: police weren't like
1: assholes by this point. Well. <laughs> <laughs> well. Yeah, I mean, look, let's be honest. <laughs> um and there was no evidence and no body, so it made it all very hard to prove. Yep. Then, in March 2013, the Australian newspaper claimed that Trigg, who died in February 2013, had written the truth about Juanita's death in oh. some kind of deathbed confession Ooh, that's manuscript, and that it was in his house somewhere. And it, apparently, it named names of people involved in the conspiracy to kill Juanita and also revealed the final resting place of her body. According to our friends at Wikipedia, <laughs> and because I actually couldn't find the actual source of them, just it's quoted just this. But I don't know where they got it. They did not attribute this correctly. A New South Wales police spokesperson confirmed that police from Redfern Local Area Command had searched his residence after his death, but they refused to comment on the outcome. Finding it really hard to get on board with the cops I'm in this really, story, I'm trying. They're to just be. like. Yeah, we're not going to tell you what we found, if we found anything. And it, if I just happen to have a big wad of cash, yes, in my
0: pocket, it's just a totally co-
1: It's coincidence. I just, I don't have a wallet, so I, I just, just carry. I don't have a bank account. Dollars. I don't
0: trust the banks. So I just carry it with me. Okay, in old
1: timey money in my pocket. <laughs> yeah. All my just shillings, heaps
0: and heaps of like <laughs> gold bullion in there. Yeah, just
1: a lot of it. It's hard to walk <laughs> when you're this corrupt. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> um. So a journo named Barry Ward spent many years investigating the case and he claims that Winita was actually gearing up to blow the whistle on widespread police corruption and involvement in organized crime in King's Cross. So it was bigger, it was bigger than Frank. It was bigger than I'm just gonna stay in my house and piss you off. Like she was investigating something big. Ward points out this is backed up by the police's failure to act on leads. And even the 1983 coronial inquest found that the investigation may have been, quote, hampered by police corruption. Mm. I love that they then just didn't do anything with I that. I know. It's They're like, like well, how it's terrible. Anyway, moving on. Yeah. <laughs> continuing on <laughs> Didn't with investigate life. any of the cops who were supposed to be doing their jobs. So Barry Ward, this journo, calls Juanita Nielsen's case, without doubt, the greatest unsolved murder conspiracy and cover-up in Australian criminal history. Whoa. Um, there's a pic here. So Juanita, although her body was never found, is memorialised with this big fuck-off monument. <laughs> um, her dad probably paid for this. Yeah,
0: he definitely paid for that.
1: Um, and that's at South Head Cemetery. I know South Head Cemetery. Yeah. Um, but 44 years on, no trace of Winita has ever been found and the case remains with our friends, the police, the unsolved homicide squad. And that's the very sad story of Winita Nielsen.
0: Oh. That's fucked. I want some new, like, investigation into it.
1: They won't because they're covering
0: up yeah. with all their bullions. They're embarrassed with all their bull- And then there's just more bullions getting added to those pockets. Yep. Now we're getting into <laughs> Yeah, now
1: these people are alive. We probably yeah, I mean, shouldn't what? say, you say that. things about the police. They do good things sometimes. They do.
0: I don't hate all cops. They arrested
1: teacher's pet man. They did. That's something that they did. Yes, they did that. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, what are you what are
0: your thoughts? Um, look, I mean she's definitely dead. Yes. Which is upsetting.
1: Yeah. Um
0: Well, she kind of
1: just would be by now. Kinda of like the guy that survived the fall. Yeah. I mean, yeah, either she's way she's She's kinda be dead, like very old. It's just really fucking shit. What did he end up building? Just like big fucking apartments. Oh yeah. In Potts Point, you could probably well her house is still there because it was protected because she was special. Yeah. But everyone else's house has got knocked down. Oh, that's really. Hers listed. is heritage listed, so you can go and see it and the IKEA wardrobe. She has a plaque as well. Someone. She has told a me. plaque. She has a like a community centre named after her. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. I like when they do that. Yeah. Well, they had to do something. Yeah, they, they did. They didn't investigate her fucking. Oh well, yeah, I mean yeah. Okay. <laughs>
0: And that's depressing again. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way to end this on a light note. No, moach. there isn't. Um, um, so we should just say thank you. Thank you so for much coming. for coming. Um, <laughs> we've had a great time. We have sweating up here.
1: Sweating. I think I've not lost to five kilos and sweat. Just. Yeah. What a
0: time. Um, yeah, if you haven't bought merch, come buy merch. Merch? I
1: haven't heard anyone mention merch tonight. This what? Is, I, the is there merch? is brand new information. Also, Henno was wrong. It's in the pedestrian Instagram it's story. It's on the pedestrian Instagram story. Not the Aussie Mystery Hour
0: one. Get um, it right, Heno. We're also doing a show in Melbourne, if anyone feels like flying down there. Yeah, next, there's like, next like nine Sunday. tickets left. They're yeah. a bit more
1: keen than Sydney, which I'm is just, fine. It's fine.
0: It's okay. They
1: love
0: us Um, And yeah Like what Like have a merry Christmas We're gonna We'll (laughs) go and hang around Down there Wherever that is In the void In that black void Please come say hi Yeah And yeah Cool Thank you Thanks